Welcome, everyone, to the Cloud English Podcast. It is great to have you join. I think we have a lot of great stuff planned for today. I'm going to go over that stuff at the top of the show. So just bear with me. One thing I need to do is mute myself because I can hear myself. Okay, now we are good to go. Today is the first day of a 15-day program that is really meant to give you the full scope of what it takes to improve your English. Today's focus will be, I think, on the most important place to start, which is your mindset, your attitude, how you think about things. It's extremely important if you don't start off on the right foot, if you don't start off in the right way, that could, of course, lead to many problems. You could be spending a lot of time wasting your time, not really improving, and obviously, that's bad. <laughs> you want to you wanna make progress. So, we're going to start today. We're going to be focusing on the attitudes, the mindsets, the key things that you need before you really begin your journey of learning. And in the rest of the 15 days, we're going to be focusing on things like how to correctly learn grammar, what's the right way to learn, for example, phrasal verbs, things like that. So I think it's going to be really interesting and I hope it will be very useful. I also want to mention that throughout this program, we're going to be doing challenges. And these are things that I want you to do. So I want this to be as interactive as possible. I want you to contribute, have output as we go along. That's extremely important. If you're just passively taking in information, well, that's one piece of it. That's important too. But if you don't have output, you really can't expect to improve. And output can be as simple as making a plan. Output, output can be as simple as making a study list, right? So we're going to today have two challenges that I want you to participate in, okay? And I want you to actively do those things as we go. Uh, you can see here, well, if you're, uh, if you're watching, you can see here on the left, we have a checklist of things we're going to be covering. I'll be talking about a main topic, the mindset question. I'll be talking about the North Star and what that means and how to use it. As I said, we'll have a couple of challenges and we're also going to spend a little time on the blackboard going over a very common phrasal verb. In addition to that, I will be also answering questions. So if you have questions as we go along about the stuff we're talking about, but also about idioms, phrasal verbs, grammar, pronunciation, culture, I will do my best to get to the questions. Now, we're going to be doing things a little differently than usual. Usually, I'm just 
throughout just picking out questions. I'm going to be holding off on the questions until after we cover the first two topics and the challenges. Then I will get to some questions. I will answer questions and then we'll go on to the phrasal verb. So a bit more structure. This is a, a new format uh, that uh, I'm, I'm really curious to and excited to try. So um, I, hope, uh, I hope you enjoy it and get a lot from it. Now, this is being done live, right? But if you're watching this on the replay, I would appreciate if you could, depending on where you're watching, hit the like button or the follow button or the subscribe button. If you're listening to this, because there is a listenable version of this available, if you're listening to this, then feel free to leave five stars, for example, on Apple Podcasts or show your support on Spotify or wherever you're, 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 you're listening to it. Okay. Is there anything else here at the start that I want to talk about? Yeah, actually there is. This is just some housekeeping stuff. I'm just covering a few things here at the top of the show, and then I promise you we will get into the the meat, okay? So uh, I recently, yesterday in fact, started a Discord. Now, it, it has not really taken shape yet, and so I would like to have your help in giving it shape, okay? You can check the Discord out in the links in the description. It is free to join. And here's how I envision it, okay? But I, again, I don't want to be forcing this down everyone's throat. I want to be a, I want to have this as a community where people can really improve their English. So number one, a general place to chat, have conversations, uh, very casual, relaxed, just a, just a, a good way to have a little part of your life that's 100% English, a kind of English immersion, right? A lot of people don't get that. And just having that as part of your daily life a little bit is really important. But I also have a section there for questions. If you have questions for me, I will be happy to answer questions there. Uh, in, in text is fine. Now, maybe don't put in there your, your resume or something for me to correct. I won't be doing any editing. That is the job of an editor. I will be answering questions that you have in my role as a teacher. Sometimes people get those two things mixed up. An editor edits, a teacher teaches. Okay, so I cannot correct your, uh, I cannot correct your stuff for you or edit your stuff for you. So what else? Well, I see this community also possibly becoming a great place to, to practice speaking what we're all here to improve. So in addition to a chat and a, uh, a place to ask and get questions answered, there is a voice channel. I'm not exactly sure what shape it's going to take or when it will happen. I will be there sometimes available to talk. So you can actually turn your microphone on and have conversations in English. Again, please help me give that structure. Please help me figure out the best way to make that happen. Uh, the more help you can give, I think the better overall the community will be. I don't want to be the one saying, all right, everyone, this is how it's going to be now. 
that's something I would like to really avoid. And then I, I think we can open up channels in the future. I don't know if you know how Discord works, but you can open up channels for specific things. Uh, um, movie and TV show recommendations, book discussions. I, I think there's so much potential. So we'll see how it goes. But for now, join. It's free. No pressure. Just say hi. If you want to introduce yourself, great. That will also be the place for now where you can put your challenges, okay? So you can submit your challenges. I already have a channel set up there for that. All right. Otherwise, hit the like button, subscribe, all of that stuff, and check out the courses, particularly my recent travel course, which is doing really well. I'm very excited about it. So check that out in the links in the description. Now we can, I believe, I'm certain, get started with our first topic. And as I said, we're going to be talking about mindset. So let's do it. The way you think about things is so important because it creates the foundation or the framework for everything else that happens. Right? If you think in the wrong way, if you have the wrong attitude, you can be running on a treadmill and not going anywhere, not really making progress. So I want to really spend some time on this. I want to really talk about how to develop a successful learning mindset. Now, as I was planning this and preparing it, I, <laughs> I came across a bunch of quotes from Confucius. And Confucius, famous, famous Chinese scholar who contributed so much to Chinese culture. I'm sure, I'm sure you know who Confucius is. I came across these quotes that perfectly complemented what I was planning to talk about. So I didn't originally plan to include these Confucian quotes, but I'm going to put them in because I think they fit so well with my points. But my points weren't following the quotes. I made the points that I want to talk about and then, whoa, realized there's a quote from Confucius for every single one, okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the primary, the main things you need to do to develop the right learning mindset so that you can be successful so that you're not wasting time. We'll go through five of those, and with each one, we'll have a quote from Confucius to look at, kind of eh, for fun, but also I think it can provide some insights. Then I will have a challenge for you, something that I want you to do to actively start thinking about how you can begin to build your successful English learning mindset. What's the difference between mindset and attitude? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's a difference. I don't think there's a difference. Okay. So first, we'll start with the quote. The man who asks a question is a fool for a minute. The man who does not ask is a fool for life. This is a great, great quote, I think. Now, Put aside the man part, <laughs> often in, especially 
older English stuff, uh, things are always the man, the man, the man, the man, the man, the men. That has more recently in the past, maybe, I don't know, 50 or 70 years become the person, right, instead of the man. But you still see a lot of the man in things. So anyway, now that means, well, what do you think it means? It means if you ask questions, you're admitting a little bit of ignorance, but that is allowing you to go deeper into something, to find something you never thought of before. And really, it's about curiosity, to have curiosity and be willing to maybe look silly for a moment to explore something new is what allows you to gain in understanding, in knowledge, in wisdom, in general, right? If you never ask questions, if you're never curious about anything, how much are you ever going to improve? You'll be a fool for life. I really like that. So developing curiosity, number one, curiosity. To actually wonder, what is going on here? Why do people say this idiom? Why are there these weird exceptions in pronunciation? What is going on? And maybe there is no reason, but just wondering why allows you to notice more things, learn more deeply, ask questions, right? And genuinely learn something, right? And to do that, you really have to step out of your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is the thing that makes you feel safe. Oh, I, I know what I know and I'm good at what I'm good at and I don't want to make myself look stupid. I'm afraid to ask questions because then I'll look dumb. As Confucius said, don't worry about looking dumb. If you look dumb and you're not afraid of looking dumb, that's an opportunity to grow. If you're curious all the time and you always wonder about things, why is it this way? Why is it that? Number one, learning is a lot more fun. And number two, you gain so much more from the learning process instead of just mindly number one, number two, number three. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to go play video games. That's not a great way to do it, right? And having the courage to step out of your comfort zone is very important. And it's different for everybody. Maybe for you, that's public speaking. Maybe for you, that's speaking in general. Maybe for you, that's learning a little bit about good writing. What's the difference between good and bad writing? Maybe for you, that's learning how to learn vocabulary. You've always done it with flashcards and it's not working. Well, step out of your comfort zone. Try it a different way because there is a better way, right? Okay, now, number two, if I, this is a famous, perhaps one of the most famous Confucius quotes, and I'm not crazy about this translation. This is just one of the ones that uh, I found online, but eh, we'll go with it. If I am walking with two other men, each of them will serve as my teacher. I will pick out the good points of the one and imitate them, and the bad points of the other, and correct them in myself. This is a really good one, and I think it highlights an important thing about the mindset problem when it comes to learning. And that is, we often close ourselves off to the others around us, 
and we often close ourselves off to maybe different ways of doing things. Uh, you see someone who does something so differently from you and you say, well, that's crazy. I do it this way. Well, if you were a little more open-minded, you might realize that you could actually learn two things from that person. You don't have to learn everything from them, but they might be your teacher in some way. In the same way, just like this Confucian quote says, the bad points of the other and correct them in myself, you see three things that that person over there is doing wrong. And you realize, oh, geez, I'm doing the same thing. Oh, no, I'm just learning and never having any output. When I'm practicing vocabulary, I just memorize, 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 and I never actually write a sentence down on my own. I never actually make anything with what I learn. And then you see someone doing it, and it's, it's easier to tell when someone else is doing something wrong, and it's harder to notice it in yourself, right? But when you see someone else doing it and you say, oh, look at that, <laughs> unbelievable, idiot. <laughs> Maybe that's a little strong. And then suddenly, ah, oh, I do that. <laughs> and that's, a, that's, a, that's then a moment to use your surroundings as learning opportunities. So be open-minded. Accept that the way you do things is not always right. You could be very wrong about how you're doing things and about what you know. Maybe you learned something in middle school about English and it's been wrong the whole time. Be open to being wrong, right? And also accept the possibility that you can learn something and it doesn't have to make sense, right? If you ask 99.9% .9 of native English speakers how English works, why is it pronounced this way? Why are there these irregular verbs? What is going on with punctuation? Why is the comma there? Why, why, why? They'll say, I don't know. I don't know. I just know it's right. Why is that? Well, because the, that's how you learn the language naturally, right? Well, that means that you don't always have to find the explanation. It's more important to learn the thing right? Learn how it works, learn how to use it. Once you know that, do you really need to know why? Does everything need to make sense? Do you have to know the origin of every single expression in English? No, you don't. It might be interesting. Maybe that's fun. Maybe you like that. Good for you. But you don't have to always understand the reason doesn't have to always make sense. Be open-minded about that. Also, as Confucius says, everyone can be your teacher. So pay attention to your surroundings and look for things about others in yourself and look for things about others that you don't have that you might learn from. Okay, number three, the man who thinks Confucius loves men. <laughs> he loves to say the man. The man who thinks he can, and the man who thinks he can't are both right. Ah, now this sounds a little cheesy, perhaps, right? But I think this is so important. The successful English learners that I meet and that I work with tend to have one very important trait in common. 
They don't say, oh, my English is so bad. I'll never improve. I'm so terrible. Uh, this attitude of always being defeated, always being bad, always focusing on the negative. What do you think happens when you have that attitude? You will be bad. You will not succeed. You will be terrible forever. But what if you believe you can actually get better? What if you believe that you, you are doing some things well? What if you start to develop a bit of self-confidence? Well, if you start to do that, you might begin to build some momentum. Hey, I'm really growing. Hey, I'm improving, right? Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't notice what you're doing wrong. It just It's all about how you feel about it. This is not about noticing things. This is about how you feel about how you learn. If you feel positive, optimistic, I can do it, I can achieve it, then you're more likely to, right? Your attitude dictates what will happen. Have some self-confidence. If you do something well, you take the IELTS test, you thought you were going to get a 6 and you get a 6.5. Celebrate your success. Can you do better? Yeah, you could get a 7.5. But don't say, oh, I only got a 6.5. Oh, no. Right? Celebrate your successes. Oh, look, my writing score is a lot higher than I was expecting because I did X, Y, and Z. That's great. But look, I need to improve my listening for sure. Right? Don't, though avoid criticism and don't allow it to affect your confidence. You can take criticism as a tool for improvement, right? If you go out there and you're worried about what everyone thinks of you, then it's going to be really hard to build up the confidence every time to speak, right? If you go around thinking, if I say something, then I'll be wrong and others will criticize me. Even if they don't say anything, they will be criticizing me in their minds. And that's bad, <laughs> right? If you go around thinking like that, you're never going to build that confidence that you need, right? And if you're afraid of, for example, people co correcting you or things like that, that's all going to beat you down and make you lose your confidence. You can be confident and accept feedback and at the same time make mistakes without worrying what people think. Don't worry so much about what people think. Nobody really cares how terrible your English is, okay? Everybody's terrible in some way. Don't worry about it. Who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody cares more than you. I've said that before but that is really critical to remember. And I think just general, in general, always tell yourself, I'm going to make it. I'm going to succeed. I will get there. I have confidence no matter how hard it gets. Okay. Number four, real knowledge is to know the extent of one's ignorance. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's the ones there instead of a man's ignorance. Great. So, this is also the Socratic ideal. Uh, very famously, Socrates was walking around saying, at least, well, he was questioning people and trying to figure out what wisdom was. He then concluded that he was the wisest person in Greece because he knew, at least I know that I don't know anything. <laughs> Everyone else thinks they know stuff. At least I know that I don't know anything. <laughs> 
So that's an extreme case, but it sets up an example that, you know, uh, it's good to know what you don't know and knowing what you don't know can give you insights about maybe what you can do next, where you can go next, what you can learn next, right? Now, this is not to cancel out what I was just saying about confidence. Again, that is all about how you feel, not what you do, not noticing things. Noticing things, that's an objective process. Feeling disappointed or feeling confident, those are subjective. Those are about your emotions, really, your mindset in regards to your emotions, okay? So if you have the awareness to notice what's going on around you and what you're doing compared to everyone else, you're going to develop a superpower to improve much faster. If you never notice anything, you're never going to improve in that respect, right? So you need to develop a kind of another person inside of you and the other person is a noticer person. And this person is objective, meaning they just see what's really going on. And this little voice in your head tells you something is not right with that. That doesn't sound the same as what you're trying to do. That sentence is not clear. It's more objective because often we're, well, we're always living inside of our heads. And it's easy to kind of get used to just the way things are. But if you develop this awareness person inside, they can look at, for example, what you're modeling. They can look at what's correct. They can start to notice differences between what you're doing and what you're trying to do or what you're modeling or what you're looking at as a good example, right? And that could be for pronunciation. It could be for writing. It could be for grammar. So if you speak a sentence, right, are you noticing that you're using tenses incorrectly? And often it's stuff that you already know. You know how to use the ing when you're talking about things happening now, right? Uh, I am walking my dog, right? Well, then you probably also know that it's not natural to say, I walk my dog if what you want to say is that it's happening now, but you say, I walk my dog. The, the little person in there says then, oh, ooh, hey, you know that that's not right. They notice it, they're aware of it. And then, oh, you, you say to yourself, oh, right, ah, yes. So it's a tool, a way to be objective, to notice things and make corrections, right? And it also helps you uncover things that you're not aware of. If you're actively trying to be objective, if you're actively looking for things, you might, for example, say, oh, wait a second. Well, you're listening carefully to a section of speech and you're trying to model it or shadow it, right, to really copy the sounds. When I speak, I'm talking like this with every word isolated. But when they say it, it sounds like this with every word connected together more naturally. Okay, what is happening there, right? All you're doing is noticing things. And that's such a simple, obvious thing to say. But so often I find 
learners who are not making progress are not able to notice things. And then you just fix it. Just correct it. Don't say, I hate myself because I didn't do it right. Just fix it. And don't get stuck with the emotional part of that. Push the emotions away. Fix the problems. Find the problems, fix the problems, and then just move on with your life without thinking, oh, I'm, I'm terrible, I'm bad, right? Not good, not good. Okay, finally, and then we're going to get to a challenge, okay? Last one. I hear and I forget. I see and I remember. I do and I understand. Oh, this one is so good, right? And again, I was so amazed that I was able to find these quotes that fit perfectly with what I wanted to share in regards to mindset. Well, what does this mean? Yes, input, great, wonderful, beautiful. This is input right now, right? But we're gonna have some output, right? Hear and forget, see, remember, okay. I don't think that's as important as the last thing. I do and I understand. Only by practicing output, creating, making things. Do you really learn things? Anything you've ever learned in your life, you learned it by doing something. You didn't learn it by just hearing it, unless it's a simple fact, right? Like how tall is Mount Everest? I actually don't know, and I don't care. But if I want to learn a skill, you never learn it just by watching a video about it and saying, got it, now I'm good at it. It doesn't happen like that, right? It takes action. You have to do something with what you learn passively. Passively, you take in information. That is input. Actively, you must make something. That is output. Because without making something, you can't ever do anything. You can't, you can't achieve anything. You can't get good at anything. Imagine reading a book about public speaking and saying, all right, well, I'm a good public speaker now. Fantastic. But then someone puts you on a stage and says, go. And you, your knees start knocking together. You start trembling and shaking, crying, right? Yeah, because you don't have practice. Well, you could work your way up to being on a stage in front of 200 people. But it will take effort, practice, and a plan. So make a plan. Okay, here's my goal. This is what I want. Make a plan. I'm going to do... X, Y, and Z, two weeks in a row. Okay, great. Be consistent. Don't give up. Don't get too excited about it that you do it for three days and then quit, right? And just remember that, you know, it's so important for this to happen. And for some reason, when it comes to English learning or language learning in general, we forget that. We fall into this idea that input is the only thing you need. But for so many other things that you learn, that's not the case. It's only somehow for language learning. We just say, okay, okay, I learned the word because someone told me what it means or I looked it up. No, you don't know it until you can use it in a sentence without thinking about it. Until that happens, you don't know it, okay? So very important. Action is critical, extremely important. All right, so now we've covered five things that are crucial, very important for developing a successful learning mindset. Now, we talked about curiosity. We talked about 
open-mindedness. We talked about having self-confidence. We talked about awareness, being able to look around and notice things that you didn't notice before. Simply choosing to do that, how important that is. And we talked about action, the importance of doing something already. Okay, now, what should you do next? Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you a challenge, okay? I want you to go through these five things, and I want you to actually take some action here, okay? Number one, what are you curious about that you want to spend more time exploring? Have you thought about that? Think of, and it's, curious means you want to know that, not boring things. What are you curious about? And I think it would be best if this is in relation to your English learning goals, okay? Number two, name someone that you plan to learn from and explain why you chose them, okay? Why did you choose that person? Is it because uh, they do it really well? Is it because they're a good teacher, right? Choose someone out there who can be your teacher, right? And if it's a bad example, that's fine too. If you want to choose a person who's a terrible example and you learn what not to do from them, oh, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Okay. Now, we want to celebrate successes. So what have you improved over the past year? Think about how far you've come. Are, is your pronunciation better? Is your grammar better? Did you learn 500 words? What's better from last year until this year or for the last year, the most recent year? Okay. What is your biggest area for improvement? What do you need to focus on next? What is the critical skill that you need to be working on? If you want to choose two, that's okay. But I would say just pick one, pick the biggest one, the most important one. Okay, then what are you going to do about it? That means what steps are you going to take? Make a plan, make an action plan. It can be very simple, it can be bullet points. I want you to put all of this together. And I want you to send it to me, okay? I would like to see it, okay? You've had the input. Now it's time for some output for you to think about what you're curious about, to think about who you could learn from, think about how far you've come, think about what you really need to improve next, and how you're going to do that, okay? And if you put it down on paper or <laughs> in a text, you write it in some form, that's very powerful. It makes it real. It's not just swimming around in your head. It's real, right? So very important. Send these to me. I would like to take a look and let me know how it goes. Now, you can submit these in the Discord. So I have a channel set up in the Discord for you to submit this. You can write it in a document if you want or Google Docs or something like that. Uh, it might be a little long, right? But spend some time on it and actually submit this because I do actually want to take a look at this from you. Okay? Okay. 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 So now um, we've talked about your mindset. We're going to spend a little time talking about the North Star, and I will explain what that means fairly soon. Okay, so we're going to get to the North Star. Stay tuned. 
We've got a lot still to talk about. We're going to uh, do another challenge. And once we do the second challenge, I will, I will, I will uh, check this one off. And then at the end, we're going to talk about phrasal verbs. But before we talk about phrasal verbs, we're going to do a Q&A section. So I'll be answering your questions live in the Q&A section for those of you who are here watching live. Okay, if you're not watching live, too bad for you. So sorry. You, you weren't here to ask your questions, but you can join the you can join for the next one, of course. We do these every Wednesday and Friday, and you can submit your questions in the Discord community. I see we've had several people joining uh, just in the last few minutes, so that is great to see. Uh, so there's a Q&A section, and you can uh, you can ask there. Um, uh, let me hold on. I realize uh, that something is not quite named correctly. This is just submissions. Should be challenge submissions. Okay, I just needed to update that very quickly. That is fantastic. Let's see. Before we start the next topic, I'm just going to make sure everything is uh, is okay with the chat. If you want to know where you can watch, you're welcome to watch uh, on YouTube. You're welcome to watch on uh, Facebook. Uh, it's also available on Twitch, believe it or not. Uh, so some people watching from Twitch, just just so everyone knows who's watching from one of those places where you can. But also, uh, you can you can afterward check this out as a full podcast episode, and the link to the podcast is available also in the description. So you can um, uh, you can. Check that out whenever or if ever you would like to do that. I do see one point here from Juan Hernandez. That one sounds like Henry Ford's phrase about the man who can't and the man the man who can and the man who can't. Yes. So I was looking into that, and what I found was that I think they either they both said it individually, or uh, Confucius said it first and Henry Ford was kind of copying it and maybe heard it and just imitated it uh, or or it's attributed to Confucius and he he didn't say it but uh, I uh, I did note the remarkable similarity to the Henry Ford quote who said uh, which says uh, the man who can and the man who can't um, the whole quote is the Henry Ford. Henry Ford quote. He has so many quotes. So many quotes. Um, I don't know if I can find it immediately, but I did see that. Um, the man who thinks can and the man who thinks he can't are both right. Okay, yes, yes. And who thinks he can. But I am seeing that also attributed to Confucius. I don't know, is it possibly misattributed to Confucius? Or did they just both say it? Okay, well, anyway. 
Welcome everyone, it's good to have you here. You're welcome to pop your questions into the chat and I will be getting to those later, but we're going to be going into the North Star topic in a moment after I take a brief drinking coffee break. Which is very important. You gotta you gotta sometimes you gotta sometimes take a a brief drinking coffee break. It's very it's very critical. I drink a lot of coffee, probably more than most people. And I have the unique ability to drink coffee in the evening without losing the ability to fall asleep. So I can drink a cup of coffee before bed and fall asleep, but I still get a boost from drinking coffee in the morning. I think it's something to do with my, my maybe my natural biology. I'm just naturally pretty good at uh, processing coffee. Okay, let's get started with our next topic, shall we? We shall. Okay, let me pop over there and bring that up. I think wanting to work hard is great, but sometimes we want to work hard without knowing what we're pointing at, right? Think about it like I'm lost in the woods, in a forest, and I take 10 steps in one direction. And then I get frustrated and say, this is not the right way. Then I turn around and take 20 steps in the other direction and I get frustrated and I go 10 steps back and then I look to the left and the right and I go right I'm gonna go this way you go 10 steps that way I go to the left again maybe 20 steps now ah, this is not right and then you turn around and go back 10 steps I think you're back where you started if my calculations are correct <laughs> I was trying to work that out in my head as I was going 20 and 10. I think I've got it. You're back where you started. Now, that's not to say that just working hard means you won't make any progress. It, it, not necessarily, right? But it is very important to know where you're going. Now, a side topic would be being able to measure where you're going. That's one thing. But what I really want to talk about is how to know where you're going and why that's so important and how you can actually use a person to do that. And I'm going to give you an example. I'll talk about a specific example that I use for myself, a person who is my North Star. I'll talk about how you do this, essentially the steps, right, for what to do. We'll do that first. And then I have a challenge for you. I want you to choose your North Star, explain it, and make a little plan around it. Okay? Okay. So, a person who is really good at something that you would like to be good at can become 
a North Star for you, not in every aspect of their lives, but they can be a North Star in that specific category. What is a North Star? It's a thing that you use to navigate. We look at the North Star when we want to know where to go. We're lost. The stars are out. That's the North Star. Well, if I'm going toward the North Star, then at least I know that's that's uh, north there and west there, and that's east and that's west. At least I can orient myself and move in a specific direction, right? But again, if you're aimless, if you don't know where you're going, if you're not looking at something, targeting something, it's going to be very difficult for you to really make progress, right? So how do we do this? First, you identify the areas where you need to improve. That sounds very simple, of course, but it's very important. If your pronunciation is really clear, some people I've found just have really natural sounding pronunciation and they didn't even have to work hard for it. They're just really good at that. Well, maybe that shouldn't be your main area of focus, but maybe you are in an English speaking workplace and English emails are a big pain point for you because your colleagues are always misunderstanding you because your emails are not clear. Okay, so you've identified something. You need to be able to organize better. You need to be able to structure sentences better. A lot of things go into that, right? But you need to know what your weak areas are. Write them down. Identify them. Very important, right? Then you identify someone at the top in that category. So this is a discovery phase. This is a stage where you're doing research. You're thinking about, okay, who's really good at this? Well, in the workplace example, maybe Candace, your colleague, just, just some lady, right? You don't have to admire everything about Candace, but geez, her emails are so clear, so precise. Everyone understands what's happening all the time. Okay, so you've identified your colleague Candace is, did I say Candace? Is your North Star for writing clear emails. Great. It could be a famous person. It could be someone that you know, right? And again, it doesn't mean you have to idolize them. It doesn't mean you have to like everything about them. But in this specific category of pronunciation, of public speaking, of whatever it is, that is your North Star. That person is your North Star. Okay, step three, identify steps that you can take to move closer. Okay. How can you actually get better? How can you, oops, I think we skipped one, right? Yeah, I think we're missing one here. Actually, so, okay, so actually, I'm missing one slide here. That's fine. So once you have figured out, okay, this is the person, then you need to identify the things about that person 
that make them really good? What specific things do they have? What specific things do they do that makes them really good at this? And you need to write it down. You need to make a list. Then you identify the steps that you can take to move closer to them. What do I have to do in order to reach that? Well, if I know the things that make them really good in that category, right, I would list them out or maybe talk with Candace in the office. Then I can build a plan to actually start moving in that direction, to actually start moving toward it. Okay, so pretty simple. Now, I want you to just keep in mind, right? I've said this, but we do this as a way to orient ourselves, to know what to move toward, and to not just randomly do stuff. And to have a clear example, nice if you have someone who's a clear example that you can actually talk with. If you have a clear example, at least you know which direction you want to go, and that's very useful. But that does not mean that you should then say, okay, this person is my hero. Well, you know, maybe Candace is, uh, uh, I don't know, an alcoholic or something. So that just, that specific thing, I want to emphasize that. Do not idolize this person in general, right? Only focus on that skill. And also remember, it's not set in stone. So maybe you reach a certain point and you realize, okay, well, I've, I've gone as far as I can go with this North Star. I'm going to pick somebody else now. I'm going to, I realized for what I need, this is no longer the right one and I'm going to change. You want to choose carefully, right? And you don't want to do that too often because then you're back in the situation of bouncing around, right? But at least you need to have a pretty good idea of whether or not your North Star is a good one for you, whether you're actually making steps in that direction, okay? So here's mine. I'm going to give you one of them. And it's really two categories. So I picked... Alan Watts, okay? Now, Alan Watts, I don't know if you know Alan Watts, but Alan Watts is a very, uh, was a very well-known uh, expert in religion, particularly Eastern religions. He was a big part of bringing Buddhism over from the East to the West and popularized it a lot. Uh, he has a, a famous book about the topic, also a great speaker, a really fun, natural style that's just enjoyable to listen to, right? So his depth of knowledge as a thinker, as a philosopher, as a teacher, and his ability to communicate that knowledge is just an amazing combination, and I've always respected that. Now, there are other categories, other aspects of Alan Watts that I don't respect or admire, but those two things, okay. So I, I identify them as knowledge of religions and lecturing ability, two categories that I want to improve in myself. I am fascinated by religion. I like to learn about all of them, and I feel like I could know more, all right? Lecturing ability, I do my best, but I know that I could, I know that I could improve. I know that I could be a better speaker. I could be a better communicator in many ways, right? All right. Next, I need to, once I've identified Alan Watts, I've identified my weak areas, I've identified my North Star, 
and in these two categories. Now I need to identify what it is about Alan Watt, Alan Watts in these two categories that makes him great. Okay. So he can explain connections between things really well because he has a depth of understanding that allows him to say this is similar to this and that that's something that he can do really well. He knows the name of everything, every person, every idea. I'm sometimes forgetful. I know I know the concept, but I forget the name sometimes. I don't think the name is so important, so I forget it. Okay, he's really good at that, so I can improve that. He has equal knowledge of East and West. A lot of people specialize in understanding Eastern uh, religions or Western religions. He knows them both very well, and so that allows him to make maybe those connections. And he can use interesting analogies that help make ideas very clear, right? The analogies help illuminate the ideas. So a usage of analogies, great. All right, well, what about lecturing ability? He's very funny. He uses humor to make the topic kind of light, not too heavy. I could definitely improve that. I'm always very serious and never use humor. I need to do that more. Okay. He never uses filler words like, um, uh, yeah. So, okay. Um, 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 never, never. He isn't afraid of long pauses. Some people feel like they need to speak constantly in a flow of words and never stop for a second to think. He's good at that. He's good at pausing for 10 seconds and not saying anything. Mm, that's very powerful, okay? Now, his lectures, I noticed, have structure. So he's following a path. He knows where he's going, but he doesn't force that structure down everyone's throat all the time. Someone asks a question, a little diversion. A thought pops up, oh, we could explore that for a second. Right, so there's flexibility there. These are all things that I think make Alan Watts a great speaker and a great uh, religious expert. And these specific things are what I think I could do better at in order to improve in these categories. Now, this is just for me. Honestly, this is for me. This is what I want to improve. I'm giving you this as an example. So this is what you would do with Candice, except if you have someone around you, someone you actually know, Alan Watts has passed away, so I can't ask Alan Watts any questions. If it's somebody you know, Candace is right over there, the great thing is you can walk over there if you don't know what are those things and say, hey, Candace, jeez, uh, put down the drink for a second. You don't have to be drinking at work. Candace, listen. <laughs> Candace, stop it. <laughs> Candace, I think you may have a problem. I would like to help you with that. And I would like you to help me with something. I think you write really great emails. What do you think makes them so clear? And then she can maybe explain these things. You could write these down. All right, so now you have those things. Then simply make a plan. For me, this might be my reading schedule. It might be uh, using the memory palace to memorize names and dates. I'm going to remember... Uh, 35 dates on a timeline uh, uh, from maybe the 3rd century BC to the present day. I'm going to do that for an hour a day. I would make a specific plan based on these things 
that I have identified. Okay, I'm not going to go over that because I think that would be a little too detailed, but you get the idea. Once you know the things, then you make the plan and make it a very specific plan that is very unique to you. Okay, so we have talked about what a North Star is, how to identify one, how it can help you improve in your weak areas, how to figure out what it is that makes your North Star great in those categories, and then want to do what to do once you have done that, make a plan, right? So now I have a challenge for you. I want you to do each of these, okay? And then I want you to actually send them to me. I would like to take a look, okay? Choose for English learning specifically, I recommend, or something related to it. Choose two areas for improvement and explain why you have chosen those two. All right. Identify a North Star for both, whether it is one person or two. So in my case, it was one person who has two categories. Doesn't have to be that way. Okay. Explain what makes them good at what they do. You're just going through the steps here, right? Okay. Why are they the best at those categories? Then talk about the steps that you're going to take to get there. Make your plan. What are you going to do to make it there? Okay. That's it. I want you to think about this. I want you to write it down. It doesn't have to be very long. And I would like you to submit it to me. And I would like to take a look because if you don't actually write it down, it's not real. It's just swimming around in your head. Very important to actually write it down. So do that. Let me know if you have any questions. And I look forward to seeing them. Now, as with the other one, feel free to submit those into the Discord community. I think that's the best place to do it. So if you want to do it as a, you could do it as a Google Doc link or something like that. If you want to type it as just text in the chat, that's okay. But I really do want to take a look. So join, if you haven't already joined the Discord community, and then you click on challenge submissions and under challenge submissions uh, put in for this topic and for the last topic uh, uh, your challenge submissions okay I, I would I really really look forward to taking a look at those hey I need a bell or something when I click that it goes ding that's what I need Kathy can I get a can you do a can you can you get can you get a bell i need a bell and i need you to ding it exactly when i check the check do the check mark thing okay thank you appreciate that kathy thanks kathy yeah similar to that like that i guess yeah uh yeah close okay Oh, you, you have a bell. Yeah, well, let's hear it. I've already checked it. Uh-huh. Okay. It sounds kind of like uh, one of the bells on the counters. Ding, ding. Yeah. Doesn't sound like a ding-a-ling bell. I want the ding-a-ling bell, not the 
not the counter ding ding bell. Try again, Kathy. Yeah, thank you. I don't don't ask me where to get one. I don't know anything about it. Oh, and also, also we've got we've got this one. So let's do it. Amazing. Kathy's gone, so no ding dingling bell. All right, now we have one more topic that we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about a phrasal verb, which I'm very excited to talk about because it's really interesting. It has lots of different juicy meanings. They're juicy. They're very juicy. The meanings are so, so juicy. So um, stay tuned. But for a little while, I'd like to just hang out. I'd like to answer some questions and uh, um, maybe look at, uh, we might take a quick look at good old English learning Reddit as well. We'll see how it goes. Thank you everyone who is here, who has joined. It's great to have you. Uh, uh, I hope you like the new structure. So this is an updated structure uh, for the podcast. I kind of have shifted in the direction of bit more structure in the beginning. I want to make it clear where we're going. I feel like some of the previous uh, episodes we've done have kind of just been you know, floating here and there and a bit random, right? And uh, here's questions here and just kind of browsing. It's just aimless, a little aimless. So what I wanted to do is restructure it so that we have a focus, right? So that we're moving in a specific direction. That's very important. So we are moving in a specific direction. I want to make sure everyone knows what we're going to be talking about. We will, of course, take breaks and things like that. This is a break period. So I'm going to have some coffee, answer some questions, and then we will get to phrasal verbs. Okay. Okay. And thanks again for joining. If you haven't already done so, make sure you hit the like button, thumbs up, subscribe or follow. Uh, if you're listening to the audio, I would love to, uh, if you want to support, just leave a review on the, uh, if you're listening to the podcast version, leave a review on Apple uh, or Spotify or wherever you happen to be listening. Uh, okay, 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 all right. Arhenis, hello. Danish, hello, welcome. Juan is here. Juan says, I'm taking your Master Native English course. It's fantastic. I really appreciate your efforts for doing that special course. I appreciate that, Juan. Yes, Master Native English is my most one of my most popular courses. And a lot of people, a lot of people are taking that. Hello, Reza. Welcome. Good to have you here. Zai is here and Amash, Oliver, uh, Fita, is this live? Yes, it is. Uh, Sevol, hello, Janesh, and Elul, English is fun. Uh, regards from Poland, hello, welcome. Karina is here, fantastic, great to have you. Okay, okay. Jean uh, uh, says, do you have English for different levels? Um, yeah, I do have different, have English for different levels. Some of my courses are different levels. I woke you up, Danish. Sorry about that. So sorry. Uh, what well, does that mean? You were listening to this live 
and you fell asleep and I, I said something that woke you up or what? What do you mean by that? Glad you're happy to be here, Reza. So if, if you guys have any questions about what we've just gone over or anything else, pronunciation, grammar, idioms, phrases, culture, let me know. In the meantime, we're going to head over to Reddit English Learning and just do a bit of uh, scrolling through to see if we can find any interesting questions. Um, we'll see if we can. We'll see if we can. Um, okay, is it normal to not pronounce the T in words like don't or aren't? Oh, this is one of my favorite things. Well, wow, the first question I see here is a fantastic one. All right, let's, let's talk about this one then, shall we? What is the schedule of the course, says Reza. Uh, Reza, do you mean this course where we do the 15 days, or do you mean my courses? So here's my plan for the 15 days. It's not going to be 15 consecutive days. And the reason for that is I don't have the... I, I can't do 15 consecutive days. But it's going to, once it is complete, be a complete 15-day program. It will be consistent and the topics will follow a specific order and things will build on each other and you will be able to go back and watch or listen to the entire 15-day program as a sort of coherent uh, piece, right? Um, uh, but, but my plan is to do this. This is my plan. My plan is to do this every Wednesday, only on Wednesdays for 15 weeks. That's my plan, okay? So I'm not sure if that's a good plan, but that's how I'm planning to do it. We do the live streams, uh, podcasts, um, uh, the, live, the live stream podcasts every Wednesday and Friday, but Fridays are going to be a bit different from Wednesdays, just so you know. They're not going to be exactly the same, although we still have um, learning objectives. Yep, and then the courses are not on a specific schedule. You can check those out, and they are uh, they're courses that you can learn on your own schedule. Hello, Chama. Okay. So here we have a question from Reddit English Learning. And the question is, Is it normal to not pronounce the T in words like don't? or aren't. I was analyzing my speech. Ah, I love that. Analyzing your own speech. Amazing. And notice that in some cases, I tend to say don't and aren't, like I don't pronounce the T usually when the, tech, when the next word starts with T or TH. I would say something like, I don't think like that or they aren't the kind of people. Is this common or am I just mispronouncing these words? I can pronounce them with the T at the end, but I have to make like a little stop. The speech doesn't flow if that makes sense, okay. Okay, so it depends actually on what this person means. If they're making the stopped sound, then it is correct. But if they're not making the stopped sound, then it is not correct. 
So for example, if they're saying, I don't think like that here, I don't or I don't think like that. I don't think like that. <laughs> aren't. They aren't the kind of people. Then it is wrong. And it's wrong because it sounds... Um, you can't hear the end of the word, right? And you can't hear that... Because aren't could sound too much like are, for example. And don't or don. Don sounds like someone's name. And don't sounds like... Uh, Done? I don't know what don't sound. It sounds weird. Okay. So we can do this, though. For most, almost all, words that end with a T sound, we can replace the T sound with a stop T sound. And that is not to enunciate the T sound, but instead replace it by a kind of vocal gap. So you cannot carry the voice through it, but you do have to identify that the T is there. And let me explain what I mean by carrying the voice. So if I say, uh, wanna know, if you hear that carefully, wanna know, wanna know, wanna know, between those two words, wanna know, wanna know, I am continuing my voice. My voice, wanna know, is not stopping between them, right? But that's okay because wanna is a different word. But if I say instead want, that's different. I can say want your ice cream. I want your ice cream. And if I say I want your ice cream and I make the T sound, it sounds very crisp and crunchy and is correct in fact, right? But sometimes we don't want to t constantly hit that T hot that t -t -t sound and so we want to make a slightly more relaxed version but if I say one I I want your ice cream I want your ice cream that suddenly sounds like I w-o-n your ice cream I'm the winner of your ice cream you lost and you had to give me your ice cream uh, that's not what we meant I want to say I want your ice cream but I don't want to say the t sound okay so what do we do? So when we have that t at the end and we want to relax it, we say, huh, <laughs> right? You stop the voice, but it's essential that there is that pause and a specific sudden stop. It can't be a gradual ramp where we go, I won your ice cream. No. Yes, the voice did stop technically, but it was kind of a, eh. Like that. No. It's got to be a... It's got to be... You have to... You have to... You have to use your abs. <laughs> you have to... You could use... Do an ab crunch when you do it. I want... <laughs> you actually have to put effort into and then stop it suddenly using your diaphragm and then closing off the voice. Want... 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 Want. You hear the difference between one and one? It's very sudden. So a bit of a push from the diaphragm and a sudden stop of the voice. Very quick. That gives it that signature sound. And it is an identifier of a T there. And it's usually used at the end of words that have T, believe it or not. Okay, so words like aren't, 
aren't you hear the difference aren't 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 that 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 wait 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 want 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 they aren't the kind of person i don't think so now this person is think is assuming that there has to be a specific thing after that word like th sound no don't worry about that pretty much every word that ends with a t although there are some always some exceptions you can have that stopped t sound if there's a t at the end unless there's some reason where why you would need to have specifically have that crisp t sound and i want to make it very clear that of course people do still use the t sound and you can still use it but if you don't make that huh, huh, huh sound aren't don't then it's not going to work i want your ice cream i want your ice cream even if i say it quickly you can hear it i want your ice cream nope i want your ice cream nope i want your ice cream 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 it's still there you hear that stop it's a signature sound that identifies the t and Perfectly acceptable if I say, I want your ice cream, and that's fine too. Although I tend to use want instead of want. Okay. Curious what others are saying underneath. I'm pretty sure some American accents omit the T at the end of some words. An American saying, I don't want, to, I don't, don't want to do it would say, I don't want to do it if, yeah. I don't know of using the apostrophe after it means the stopped sound or not. I'm not sure. Um, even in it would be less pronounced. British speakers pronounce their T much more strongly. Not necessarily. It depends on where you are in the UK. The omission of certain sounds is called elision and it's part of the connected a part of connected speech it often happens with the t and d sound especially in consonant clusters christmas uh that's that is different that's not the same thing westminster this person is talking about something else or when they are in the final position best one okay actually i should make one cl clarification we wouldn't say best one there so there are times when you would need to use the T in order to make it clear the letter that happens before it or sometimes the sound that happens after it. So for example, in a word like first and best, those that needs to have the T sound there. It has to be there in order for the whole word to be clear, understood, and pronounced correctly. Okay, now we can move back. Any questions? Have I missed any questions? Okay. Uh, we have talked about thus far uh, the English learning mindset, how to have an English learning North Star, and we've gone over challenges for each of those that you can submit into the new, brand new, cheesy juicy uh, uh discord community we've had already uh looks like eight people have joined since we since uh, i mentioned this only a few minutes ago fantastic so we're going to now talk about phrasal verbs and to do that 
I am going to go over to the blackboard because that's a good way I feel uh, of exploring this. I'm going to be talking about the phrasal verb back up. Okay, so get ready for that. One more little sippy sip of coffee, please. Thank you. Oh, Kathy's back. Did you get the bell? Mm. They didn't have it, Kathy? What? We can order it. We'll order one. Yeah. I want the... No, I believe me. I want the bell. Very satisfying to have that bell sound. I need the bell, Kathy. Order it. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about the phrasal verb back up, which is a great phrasal verb because it has so many meanings, so many different ways to use it. Now, it's not too complicated. I don't think there's anything crazy difficult to understand here, but it is important to, I think, understand it through examples. Once we, once we look at some examples, I think all of the different ways to use back up will become extremely clear, all right? Now, I would encourage you, along with my examples, create your own. There's input and there's output. So, great, you learn the examples, but you don't really know it until you know how to use it. So, I challenge you, as we go, to write example sentences for each of my example sentences to show me that you've got it and send those examples to me. Now, before we get into the main examples, I want to give the sort of simplest possible meaning. This back being connected to a return, and then up being some kind of movement, direction, or position, like up being upstairs for example, or up being on, right? Uh, maybe the computer system in the office went down, and we use the word down to mean it died. Okay, but then it's not, it's fixed, and it's fine now. Everything is on, or fixed, or okay, or running well, then we say it's up. So we often, when we talk about something returning to its original condition, what it is supposed to be, we say up. It's back up. Oh, yeah, the system is back up. The Wi-Fi is back up, back up. It has returned to its good, correct condition. Okay, or maybe we mean upstairs, right? Ugh, I had to go back up because I forgot my keys. Go back up because I forgot my keys. Well, what is the up there? Well, that maybe is the third floor where I live, my apartment. If I live 
up, maybe on the third floor, and I'm currently on the ground floor, and I return to my apartment up there to get my keys, then I'm returning to up there, so I am going back up. Okay, so that's kind of the, the simple way to do it, and we have, again, other ways to use back up, and I think the other ones require us to really explore examples. So we're going to look at the examples first, and then we'll talk about what they mean. And again, I want you to make your own. I will back you up if you file a complaint. Thanks for the backup yesterday. Okay, so what's going on here? Well, I want you to first notice that back has you in the middle before up. So sometimes a phrasal verb will have a split in it where we put, for example, the subject. Okay, so a split phrasal verb is one that has, for example, you there. It tells us who is being backed up. Whatever backup means in this case, we'll talk about that. Okay, so if you do this, I will do something for you. What will I, what will I do for you? I will back you up. All right, but notice this one, thanks for the backup yesterday, follows the word the. Well, what typically follows immediately after the word the? How about a noun? So we have this phrasal verb in kind of the form of a noun. And if it's in the form of a noun, usually it's going to become one word. So notice with its traditional phrasal verb structure where it's an action, it is back you up, or uh, we'll look at others where back and up are, two, are, are close together with no you in the middle, and it's an action, and they're separate, back and up. But if it's a noun, usually a phrasal verb, often a phrasal verb, will become one word. Sometimes there will be a hyphen, sometimes there will be a hyphen between them, but very often it will become one word, uh, and this is no exception, the backup. Okay, but what does it really mean? Well, this is going to be something like support, and we can think of it as stand behind, right? That's an H, not an N. To stand behind someone, right? If you back me up, if I file a complaint, I'm the one taking a courageous action, right? And you say you're going to back me up. I do it knowing that if I'm criticized, you will say, I agree. This is an issue. I support the complaint. I think it's right. Now, unless you're tricking me or lying to me, right? You're, you're telling me that I'm going, you're, you're encouraging me to take the action of filing the complaint. And one way for you to do that is to tell me that if I make the complaint, which is maybe a little scary, I could lose my job or whatever, then you will support me. And maybe several people do that too. So they are supporting me. They are backing me up. So you could have the ing there as well. They are backing me up. It feels so good to know they are backing me up. I will back you up. They backed me up. So you can change back to backing or backed. But then backup is what I appreciate. The backup. Oh, the support. So it means the same thing. It still means support. It doesn't mean anything different. The only real difference is that 
it's talked about as a thing, the same way as support is used to, to describe things, right? The support, the backup. So there it is equal to, it's actually equal to the word support, same meaning, okay. Do you have anything to back up what you're telling us? I have pages of evidence to back up my claim. Now, you might notice that this has a similar meaning, but I want to focus on it because it is similar but not used in exactly the same way. Do you have anything to back up what you're telling us? So the meaning here is still support, right? Except it's not one person supporting another. It is evidence. It is facts. It is stuff that will convince other people that maybe it's true or what I'm saying is right. So if I make some statement, right, I say, hey, everyone, the earth is flat. It's flat. Do you understand? It's flat. It's, you've always thought it was a ball. Well, it's not. It's flat. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything to back up what you're telling us? Do you have any evidence or facts or information to support what you're telling us? Telling us? Well, yes. And then I could go talk about the flight routes and the way the sun moves and all of that stuff. <laughs> that is, I don't even know, associated with flat earth, the flat earth theory. And then if I describe what I have and what it does, I would say I have pages of evidence, pages of facts. I have thousands of documents. I have tons of information to back up my claim. What is my claim? That is what I'm telling you. That is what I'm saying is true. I'm saying this thing is true. A thing you say is true is your claim, okay? So it does mean the same thing as support, but I think it's very different than that sort of human feeling of we will back you up, we will support you. I think it's important to notice those distinctions. Okay, now this is a very common situation, especially for cars and trucks, right? This is to go in reverse. So very simply, it is to go in reverse, to go backwards, to go backwards, to go backwards, that's an S. You can go back, excuse me, you can back up, go back would be the same, I suppose, you can back up a few more inches, okay? So what's happening here? Someone is in a car. I am outside of the car, and I'm looking at the rear bumper of your car and the front bumper of the car behind you, and I see that there's this much, about three inches of space, so we need all the, we, I, you want to back up as far as possible in New York City, parking people kiss the car behind them a little kiss as <laughs> you touch it a little bit and that's why many rear bumpers in new york city have little ding marks on them because of how many times they have been kissed by cars uh, behind them so um or in front of them i suppose it goes both ways you can back up a few more inches you can go backwards a few more inches you can reverse a few more inches it's very simple right or i i talking to you. I'm, I'm outside the car. I'm looking. I'm looking. Keep backing up. 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 It's easier to say than keep moving backwards. Keep going in reverse. Keep reversing. Back up, back up, back up. It's so short. It's so simple. 
I think it's one of the best ways to describe that action. Then, <laughs> boom, you, you gave it a little, a little kiss. You, you backed up too far. Now you backed up too far. You dented the car behind you. They're going to, uh, well, they're not going to do anything probably. Now you backed up too far. So this is extremely simple an extremely simple and yet extremely common way to use this very common phrasal verb. Okay, we have two more to talk about. Again, I want you to be making examples here. You can say, oh, I heard Luke explain this, therefore I know everything now. Hooray! Yes, but I would say to you, prove that, okay? In my opinion, you don't really know something until you can explain it to other people. In my opinion, you don't really know something until you can use it yourself. Why not, along with me, just, you know, where are you watching this? Are you watching this on the sofa? Are you feeling relaxed? What are you doing right now? Are you watching TV? Are you really paying attention? I want you to open notes or get a piece of paper or do something and I want you to write simple examples and I want you to send those to me. I want to see them because otherwise you can just say, I heard you talking and I think I understand it. And then I'll say, well, can you make an example? And because it's two weeks later, you might say, oh, actually, I forget. But if you make examples when you're learning and you have that output, you are much more likely to have the information stick inside your brain. And you're going to be more likely to be able to use everything that you learn in the future. It's very simple. And it's best to do as you are learning. Input-output simultaneously at the same time. Okay. Traffic on route or route 9 is backed up. Let's take another route or route. The order queue is a bit backed up. Please be patient. Okay, so what is going on here? If something is backed up, notice here that there's the ED and then the ED for both of these. We can only use for this me meaning, only, usually, 99% of the time, used in the ED form. Now, why is that? It is backed up. We're using it pretty much like an adjective. This is being used as an adjective. What is backed up? Traffic. What is backed up? The order queue. So we're describing the order queue. We're describing the traffic using backed up. We're using it, it's functioning as an adjective. It is a modifier of the traffic. It is a modifier of the order queue, okay? So this is the name of the road, Route 9, and this is what Route 9 is. What is Route 9? Well, it's backed up. And that's another way to say what? There is a traffic jam. But there is a traffic jam as a general condition, and backed up allows you to say a little bit more. You can say uh, traffic on Route 9 is backed up for miles or kilometers. That means how much traffic is there. And it really means the cars are not moving. Nothing is moving along. We want things to move along. Of course, traffic, it's better if it's moving, but it's not because it's backed up. It's similar to the word clogged. And in this specific case is to talk about a traffic jam. So it's a little more general than the word clogged in that sense. Okay. Now let's take another 
route or route. This one I put in here because you have this as the name of the road, but this is just like path. Route or route is like a path, another way. Let's not stay on route nine, the name of the road. Let's take another route or route or path. Okay. You wouldn't say path. You would say route or route. Okay. Then the order queue is a bit backed up. Is you're at a restaurant and you're waiting and it's a takeout order that you made, but there are a bunch of people waiting and uh, you get there and say, how long do I have to wait? Uh, how long is it going to be? And they explain that something happened with the ticket machine and, and because of that, the orders are a bit backed up, so you might have to wait 10 minutes, okay? Please be patient. We're so sorry. This is a technical issue. Please be patient. Uh, the order queue is sort of the line of the orders, the orders that are waiting to be done. They're not done yet. They're still processing. They're still on the way is backed up. Normally, they would be on it immediately. Now, your order is number 35 in the queue, and it's a bit backed up. It's a little bit clogged. You may be wondering at this point, do people ever use backed up to talk about not being able to go to the bathroom? And the answer is yes. <laughs> if for any reason you are having a little trouble uh, with number two, then number one, number two, do you know that? If you're having a little trouble with that, for whatever reason, you ate too much cheese or something like that, uh, or I don't know what else causes that, you can say, oh, I'm feeling a little backed up. There's another word for it, which is constipated. But just in case you were wondering that, the answer is yes, you can. Yes, you can. And the solution is, what is that called? I can't remember what it's called. Okay. Now let's look at one more set here. This is our this is going to be our last set of examples. I hope you're following along, okay? This is a more modern, perhaps a modern usage, but it is also very common. If you have a device and that has information on it, you want to make sure that information is safe either in another location digitally or maybe on the cloud in the internet. I'm backing everything up on iCloud. Now notice again, we have a word between these two. So this sounds like backup, like backing your car up, except backing it up means to make a copy, a duplicate, but with the purpose of in case something goes wrong usually you, you should make a backup make a backup of all of your important documents why well what if something happens to your computer and everything is lost if you have a backup then it's there it is a copy it is a spare which is in case something goes wrong uh thing that will allow you to not lose your entire life or to not have a bunch of problems or to not have to rewrite your whole novel or whatever terrible thing would happen if your information were lost, right? So we use it in a couple different ways. I'm backing everything up means it's right now, all of the stuff is 
backing up. It is being backed up. It is basically in the process of copying to create the duplicate that will be there just in case, right? You should back up, so this one doesn't have anything in the middle there, back up your important documents as a recommendation to say you should make a copy of your important documents. Backup is a much better way to say it because we make copies for many different reasons. Backup gives us that clear feeling of do it just in case. Make the duplicate just in case something is lost. It's very common, much more common than copy because that is used in so many different ways. And then I have a complete backup. Notice we are now back at the noun form, a complete backup. I have a backup, a backup. Complete here is an adjective. Complete backup, that is what kind of backup I have. It's not a partial, it's not a partial, that would be another type, not all, maybe 80%, the important stuff, but not everything. Well, if it's everything, then you would say complete, and complete would become an adjective or be an adjective, as it usually is, I suppose. <laughs> and then uh, that goes in the middle between uh and backup, but the uh tells you that it's a noun, and because it's a noun, it is one word instead of two, which is what usually happens to phrasal verbs when they're used as nouns, okay? So that is at least the most common several ways to use the phrasal verb back up. I won't say that there are no other ways to use it. I'm just trying to give you a pretty good picture of this. I think very interesting, very useful, extremely common phrasal verb. I highly recommend that to really burn this into your memory and make sure you can use it, make your own examples. If you can't use it, you don't know it. So make your own examples, send those to me, and let me know if you have any questions. All right. Okay. Um, did I miss anything? Oh, we're oh, soon we can check off the last thing. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Hooray. Genesis, I'm going to back up because I left my passport. Uh, you would say, I'm going back up because I left my passport. Yeah, that's the first meaning we talked about. Uh, you're gonna have to back up your claim to, uh, uh, claim to the property with something stronger than that. Excellent example. The accident backed the traffic up all the way to the turnpike, fantastic. Mr. Amazing Examples over here, always with the great examples. A name I cannot read, unfortunately. All the cars had to back up to let the ambulance ambulance pass. Yes, maybe maybe pass would be better in that case. To let the ambulance pass, I think would probably be better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kieran, hello. H L O, hello. Good examples, Alejandro. Hey Luke, what's up, bro? We're just uh, doing some phrasal verbs. And I think that's pretty exciting if you ask me. Although I, I'm not, no one is asking me, but I, I will still say it's pretty exciting. Are you ready? Are you ready? Hey, and we've got the bell, the thank you. We ordered it on Amazon. It arrived within 10 minutes from Amazon. We now have a bell 
that we can use when we do the check marks, which is beautiful. So we've talked about everything in the plan today. Please let me know what you think about the new structure of the podcast. Uh, uh, this is something that we're going to be doing more of going forward, a bit more structure, still room for the Q&A, of course, uh, which I really appreciate, but um, I would love your feedback. If you haven't already done so, make sure you join the free Discord server. It is an English learning community that we will be hopefully building out together. I would really love help with suggestions on uh, which, which channels we open up and what kind of discussions we have. And I really want to facilitate and help, but I really would like your help to, to give it shape. And eventually, I'm hoping that it can be a place for students to find language exchange partners. And I would even like to bring in other teachers to share things there as well. So join the free Discord server in the links in the description. That is also where you need to go if you want to submit the stuff. The stuff that we've talked about, the challenges, you can submit those in the challenge submissions channel on the Discord. If you haven't already done so, I would appreciate if you could hit the like button and subscribe. Of course, that helps out a lot. If I didn't answer your question, I do apologize. Uh, Genesis says, uh, do you have any backup of your birth certificate? And that is a great example. Thank you for that one. Yes. Yeah, that would be good. That would be a good one. Do you have a backup of your birth certificate? Yeah, I don't. I only have my one birth certificate and it is not in good shape, to be honest. Uh, we will be back on Friday with a uh, uh, another uh, another podcast. Uh, it's not going to be exactly this structure. The day one through day 15, I'm planning to do on Wednesdays over a period of 15 weeks, which will build up a complete library of day one through 15, which is, is a comprehensive um, set, uh, a program for uh, the things we talked about. First, your mindset, but we're also going to get into how to learn pronunciation, how to learn grammar, how to learn to be a, a better writer, for example. We're going to be covering a lot of interesting topics, so make sure you are subscribed. Of course, hit the like button or wherever you're watching. Leave a five-star review, for example, if you're, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or hit the thumbs up. Or, you know what to do. Do all that stuff. Check out the courses. Travel course is the most recent course. That one went up at the beginning of the month. It's going very well, and people seem to be really enjoying that. I believe that is on sale. So check that one out, too. And I think that's about it. Thanks, everybody. Have a great one. Take care. Stay safe. And I will see you on Friday. Bye-bye.